uh, an inner vow really boils down to this, a lack of trust. It says, God, I don't trust that you can take care of me in this area, so I'm going to assume responsibility. And so what happens is we end up submitting to our own will versus submitting to the will of God. Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church Podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor Podcast features Sunday sermons. To hear this live and before subscribers do, join us in Rockport, Maine on Sunday mornings at 10 for worship and before that at 845 for prayer service. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. Morning, everybody. It's good to see all you guys this morning. Hey, a few quick announcements kind of add on to that. Remember, if you have a a bottle that belongs to CareNet, please make sure you return that, preferably with money in it. And so, anyways, there's a little little basket in the back that you can throw that bottle in there. Uh, We sure do appreciate it. Even if you have one and you haven't had a chance to fill it up, please bring it back. Also, uh, next announcement, Monday Night Prayer has uh, been shifted to 6.30 instead of 6. Last one I want to give you, this is pretty awesome. If, if you know about life ministry, say, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, this uh, Thursday night... Uh, at 6.30, these guys are doing a, a baptism service. I'm really excited about this. Uh, you know, if you guys have any questions about this, see Jake and Tanji over there. Uh, but, but we have the opportunity this week to baptize AJ, uh, my man over there, Peter that's in the back. Um, Lauren's getting baptized, his son John, and then uh, another young man that's named Jake that's not here today. So anyways, so come out, kind of give you an idea. Uh, we'll have uh, a little bit of time of worship. I think Mike and Jen are going to do some worship. I'm going to preach short. It's, it'll be a miracle if you want to witness a miracle, come and see that. And anyways, and then, uh, you know, we'll do what we always do at Life Ministries. We, we, we'll, we'll eat. Amen. So that's, uh, am I right with that? Anyways, so come out. That'll be a, a great time of celebration. Anyways, if you can make that, come do that. So once again, 6.30 on Thursday night. Let's pray one more time and we'll dive in. Father, we so thank you for today. Lord, I, I'm just believing today, God, just as it's uh, snowing outside and how a fresh, fresh snow kind of makes everything clean and look fresh and new. Lord, I'm just believing today that that's the way we're going to leave this place. Lord, just any of, you know, after the snow plow comes through, God, everything gets dirty and nasty. Lord, a lot of times that's how we feel. But Lord, I'm just believing today, once again, uh, just fresh start, cleanness today. And uh, so, Lord, we just ask that the Holy Spirit would come and just uh, speak really clear to us today. Lord, we just ask that our own hearts, God, would be open, that our own hearts wouldn't be distracted and full of clutter. But, Lord, our ears and our hearts would be so open to hear your voice today. And, Lord, we just believe that you're a good God and you like to talk to us. And so, Lord, we choose to listen today. So, Lord, thanks for your anointing. Thanks for your presence. Thanks for guiding and leading us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, uh, real quick, I typically don't do this, but uh, by a show of hands, how many of you guys were actually here last week? Awesome, awesome. So listen, some of you guys, if you were here, you might remember that we were talking about how sometimes in our our spiritual lives, kind of like in certain areas, sometimes we resemble a merry-go-round. And once again, I'm not talking about uh, one of those merry-go-rounds that you see at the the playground, but more or less a a merry-go-round that you see when you go to a carnival or something like that with the horses, blah, blah, blah. But anyways, I kind of say it like this. The reason I'm saying that one and not the other one is because a lot of times in our spiritual walk, not only does it feel like we just keep going in circles, keep going around 
around and around. But it seems like we just have these highs and these lows that we're going up and down. And, uh, you know, what's crazy about all that, it's almost like our Christian walk is just connected to this axis that, you know, what we keep circling. And that axis seems to be a lot of times sin, some issue, some problem or some habit or some hang up that we just can't get free of. Anybody ever been there? Because I sure enough have. Anybody want to be honest today? Yeah. So, uh, li- listen, it's... Um, what I think is so crazy about those times personally is that the whole time where we know that we're going around and around, up and down, like we keep telling ourselves, man, I know better than this, right? It's like you, you know that God wants you free. You know that God wants you to be a healthy son or a healthy daughter in the kingdom, but yet you just can't seem to exit the doggone thing. You can't seem to get up off of it. So anyways, last week we kind of talked about why that is the case. And, and we talked about basically this thing called iniquities. In other words, we find ourselves in a spot or predicament of what the Bible calls iniquities, which simply means uh, generational bondages. I, I don't want to go much into that now, but if you weren't here last week, please go check that out. I would encourage you to. The reason I'm saying that is because it'll kind of help this week make sense as well. So if you can, kind of connect those dots. So Anyways, today I, I want to turn our attention uh, to another thing that, that causes us to you know, be able to dismount whatever the merry-go-round. And, and it's called this. It's called inner vows. Can somebody say inner vows? Can we say it like we mean it? Say inner vows. I got really country right there. Anyways, whew, inner, inner. Oh, man. Listen, if, if, you're, if you're sitting here today and you're thinking, uh, Pastor Quinn, I have never heard of an inner vow. I want you to know that you are definitely not alone. You know, I, I've been saved for 21 years, and, and I'll say that over those 21 years, listen, only God knows, you know, how many sermons I listened to. I don't know how many theological classes I went to, how many small groups I went to, you know, how many prayer meetings I was part of. But, but over those 21 years, I had never heard those two words, inner vow, uh, uttered together. And, uh, and that was until this. Last summer, my family and I, we were down in North Carolina on vacation. I had to do a wedding, and so we went down there. We were staying with some of our dear friends named Eddie and Michelle. Some of you guys have met Michelle. She's been here. But, but Eddie's uh, role there at the church that we used to work at, he's a counseling pastor. One evening while we were sitting there, Eddie went, uh, basically we were just hanging out by the swim pool, uh, enjoying some warm weather. It was nice. And uh, he just said this. He said, hey, Q, I, I want to show you some stuff that I learned at a training I went to recently. And, you know, I was like, cool, that's awesome. Anyways, so he, he opened up this manual or this workbook, and we just, you know, sitting on some lawn furniture there. And for the next three hours or so, my friend and the Holy Spirit downloaded several things. But one of the, the main things that got downloaded was this subject about inner vows. I mean, maybe just say this. I'll share the end of that story later, but uh, before I really tell you what an interval is or what they are, I actually want to share with you a few examples of how they come about, and I just believe that today as we begin to kind of go through these things, uh, I, I'm, here's kind of what I'm believing, is, is, that, is that the Holy Spirit will come and remind you of when you found yourself in those similar spots. Fair enough? I will say this, Jesus is extremely passionate about our healing, extremely passionate about our freedom. Amen. So, so, but what happens is, is the Holy Spirit can want to bring all of that in our lives, but, it, but it's really up to us to work with him. Yes, to open up our own hearts. In fact, I'll, I'll actually, in my devotion yesterday morning, and I'll, and I'll read this, I wasn't planning on it, but it said this in the devotion I read this morning, uh, yesterday morning, it said, although God 
invites you into intimacy with him, never forget the wonder, I'm going to add the magnitude of his holiness and power. And then it says, God has such a passion for you, and therefore he will not let you be less than you can be. That's so good that God will not let you be less than you can be. You know, and I think sometimes as Christians, we, we, we like what we like. We have our subjects, our areas that we like to hear about and we feed off of and it encourages us. But we don't like to adventure off things that make us feel uncomfortable. And this is one of those things that will make you feel uncomfortable. Right, But the reason God won't let us get away is because, once again, he knows there's more in us. And as long as we continue to run from all those things that God really wants to deal with, we'll never become that more. Amen? So let me tell you how they come in her vow. Here we go. Let me give you just a few random examples. There's this guy named Andy. Andy grew up in a, in a uh, home where his father was an alcoholic. And uh, year after year, Andy watched and experienced the pain that his father's alcoholism caused to his entire family. So in an effort to protect those he loved, Andy resolved in his heart, I will never be like my father. Then there's this gal named Susan. Susan always felt inferior to her friends at school. And here's why she felt inferior. Because her her friends would always come to school dressed in new and really nice clothes. uh, But her clothes were always hand-me-down clothes from other family members. So, uh, you you know, for Susan, she couldn't figure out why her parents didn't think it was important to buy her new clothes. And so over time, she began to get angry. And then one day, she basically vowed that if my parents won't provide for me, then I will provide for myself. Basically, I don't need anyone's help. And then there's this guy named Randall. Randall grew up in a home where his parents were not only angry, but they were also physically abusive. And after watching basically uh, his brothers and sisters get beat on, and after he would get beat on time and time again, after years of all that pain and trauma, he finally decided that I will never let myself or those I love ever be hurt by another person again. And then there's Katie. Katie grew up in a family that is kind of unique, where a uh, woman's sense of self-worth was determined by how much she weighed. And so it was common to hear comments like this, are you going to really eat all that? Or they'd say this, did you see so-and-so? Man, she's gotten so fat. And they'd say, man, I can't believe that she let herself go like that. And so internally, what does Katie do? Katie made a vow, I will never get fat. And then there's Melanie. Melanie grew up in a sexually abused, uh, you know, abusive home, basically this, where there was a, uh, an extended family member who sexually abused her on a number of occasions. And after uh, years of feeling that shame and after years of feeling that embarrassment by what happened to her, she made a, a vow that I will never trust another man. Listen, and when it comes to all of this, there's a uh, there's an endless list of scenarios that surround this. But I want to give you kind of a long list, but some more common, common uh, vows that people make. They say things like this. I will never be that vulnerable again. I, I will never let anyone break my heart again. I will never forgive them for what they did to me. How many times have we heard that one? I will never cry again. I will never change. I literally heard somebody say that the other day. I will never change. And then how many times we say, we heard a, you know, a man say this or a woman say this. Sorry, it says, I will never let a man dominate me. Or you hear a man say, I'll never let a woman manipulate me. Or how about we say, you know, I will never let my husband or my wife treat me like that. In other words, somebody sees somebody and they see a you know, spousal conflict and they make this vow in their heart. Or how about this, man, I'll never be poor like my parents. I've heard this many times. I'll never be as strict and I'll never spank my children. They say this, I'll, I will never do what? I'll, I'll never let my children act like that. 
Or I will never, I've heard this so many times, I'll never shove religion down my kids' throats. Or this, I will never be religious and legalistic. Or how about this, I won't let some church or some pastor ever control me. How about this, I won't let anyone humiliate or hurt me like that ever again. I won't ever let anyone bully me. I won't ever be critical like them. I won't ever allow myself to fall in love again. I won't ever open my heart up to another person. I will always give my children everything they want. I will always be in control. I will always be emotionally strong. As you can see, inner vows are often preceded by this. And yes, it's repeated like that on purpose. But it's, it's, it's often preceded by I will, I won't, I will never, and I will always. See, gang, the truth is this, and I hope you're listening today, but, but it's this, is that if, if you or I have lived long enough, uh, we've undoubtedly experienced life events that have left us feeling hurt, confused, or angry, or maybe even all the above. And it's typically from one of those positions of being hurt, confused, or angry, either as a child or even as an adult, that we've knowingly watched this and even unknowingly have made inner vows. Amen? So what's an inner vow? I'm going to give you a definition here, but then we'll kind of elaborate. An inner vow is this. An inner vow is a self-directed and self-focused promise. Did you notice the word I, 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 I? An inner vow is a self-directed and self-focused promise or an oath that we make to ourselves in response to our difficulty, our frustration, or our pain. In other words, it's our way of eternally telling ourselves never again. And, and, you know, by making an inner vow, this is what we're doing. We're not only trying to comfort ourselves, because that's what it is. It's, it's, a, it's a defensive mechanism where we try to comfort ourselves, or it's where we try to protect ourselves from any, uh, basically any future potential pain. In other words, I make this vow because I'm looking ahead and I'm saying, man, I'll never let that happen to me again. Now, here's what's wild. First of all, every person in this room has made that at some point. It's true. So don't feel... You know, like something's wrong with you. Everybody's done it. And the truth is, is a lot of times when we're kids, we just don't know better, right? We don't know how to process pain. We don't know how to process what's going on around us. And something gets in our heart, and we don't understand the consequence of that thing. But, but, but here's what I want us to know today is this, is, is obviously when we make an inner vow, we aren't trying to do something wrong. We're trying to correct something that we believe is wrong. So we're not intentionally trying to be wrong. We're trying to correct something that we believe is wrong. But, but this is what's weird about this. Is however, regardless of how right or how pure we think our motives are, uh, there's several major problems with making an inner vow. And I'm going to give you five today, and then we're going to pray at the end. And I'm going to try to cruise through these things. Um, hopefully, we'll survive the blizzard. All right, here we go. Number one, the first problem with an inner vow is this, is that it's unscriptural. That's huge. Guys, if we want to be men and women who live according to the word, then we need to grab a hold of this piece. Let me show you what Jesus said here in Matthew chapter 5. He said, You have also heard that our ancestors were told, You must not break your vows. You must carry out the vows you make to the Lord. But watch verse 34. But I say, do not make any vows. Verse 37. Just say a simple, yes, I will, or no, I won't. Anything beyond that, watch this, is from the evil one. So the second reason, that was the quickest one. The second reason 
God doesn't want us to make inner vows just because of this. It's a wrong reaction to pain. We've all experienced pain, yes? But it's saying that this is a wrong reaction to pain. Let me show you a verse here in Proverbs 20, 25. It says that it is a trap to dedicate or commit to something rashly. And that's typically how a vow comes. It says, and only later to consider one's vow. Once again, I want to stress, so often when we go through our pain, we're not thinking clearly. We don't weigh out the consequences of what we're doing. And uh, in a minute, I'll show you what some of those consequences are. But here's, here's why Jesus doesn't want us to make inner vows. It's because inadvertently what we're doing is, is when we make this inner vow, we're actually turning to ourselves. And we're actually relying on our own flesh. And uh, we're relying on our limited strength. We're, we're, we're uh, relying on our limited wisdom and our limited abilities rather than turning to and relying on God. That's so true. So, so watch this. So what happens is, 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 once again, we're totally unaware. But when we turn inwardly and we make a vow, what happens is, is we actually uh, you know, build a fortress or a personal stronghold in our hearts to protect ourselves. So watch this. Everybody look at me, please. I understand that logically things that we've been through, that makes sense to us. But, but once again, the problem is, once again, it has to do with us and not the Lord. Yes? So, so watch what God says about this when we turn to ourselves and not Him. He says this in Jeremiah seventeen five. It says, Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh, even our own, his strength. It says, whose, turn, uh, sorry, whose heart turns away from the Lord. So in other words, when I turn to myself, I am automatically turning away from the Lord. Let me remind you of a really cool verse today. Psalms 18.2. This is to encourage you here. 18.2. It says that the Lord is my rock, my fortress, my savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me, and my place of safety. Most translations say my place of a stronghold. So here's the thing, guys. That song, Defender, isn't just a song that we sing. It's who God wants to be to us. Amen? That God wants to be our defender. He wants to be our protector. He wants to be our strong tower. He wants to be our place of refuge. And so we don't have to find those things that we're talking about in ourselves. Why? Because i got to be honest with you. We stink at being personal saviors. We can't save ourselves, right? And so, you know, it's, in other words, we need to stop for a second and go, you know what, uh, man, after all, it's really only God that can do what? That can shield us and uh, show us how to stand up all against the disappointments of life because they come. Yes? Here's the third problem with making an interval. It's a form of self-dependency. These two tie in really well together, two and three. It's a form of self-dependency. And here's why I say that, because so often... An inner vow says this, if they won't, then I will. And if we want to take it a step further, here's really what we're saying with the inner vow. God, if you can't, then I will. So, so what happens is, is this, is the moment that we say, God, if you can't, then I will, what we're saying is, is that we, we choose to assume responsibility and control for the future direction of our lives by declaring what will and what will not come to pass. Now, can I ask you all a question this morning? Is there anybody in here that can determine what's going to happen tomorrow? Right? It's incredible, right? I, I, can't tell you, I can't tell you how many times in my life, watch this, 
in my life that, that just going about doing life and something happens, sometimes more traumatic than others, but everything kind of turns on its head and you have no control over it. News comes, right? You, 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 you know, I, I remember when I got a phone call that uh, a family member died unexpectedly. Who had control over that? Right? So, you know, he was at the hunt club in his camper, and he died. Right? We don't know why he died. Right? So, so when, when that guy is basically uh, like a father that raised you, everything changes pretty quick. Right. And so, you know, you can just kind of go on down the list. It could be, you know, you, you go to work, think everything's great and you get fired. But whatever. I mean, the list is a mile long. But 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 those things that it's really it's really foolish if we're honest with ourselves and our heart to make these vows because we can't determine anything. We don't have power control for that. But yet we what what a inner vow is, is it's a it's a what's the word I'm looking for here? It is a you're trying to be God and you can't be God. All right, so let me, let me show you a verse here, what, what Brother James told us here in chapter 4. He said, Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Sounds good. Sounds noble, right? It says, Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. Instead, you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we will live and, then, and do this or that. So once again, here's maybe what, uh, you know, there's a lot I want to grab here today. But, but, but it's this, is that uh, uh, an inner vow really boils down to this, a lack of trust. And once again, it says, God, I don't trust that you can take care of me in this area of my, in this area of my life. So I'm going to assume responsibility. And so what happens is we end up submitting to our own will versus in submitting to the will of God. And in essence, once again, this may sound strong, but, but that, that, inner vow is, that inner vow is basically this. It says, you can be God over these areas, but I'll choose to be God over this one. Right? And, and if you really want to get biblical with it, that's a form of idolatry. Yeah? So, let me give you number four. I'm going to sit on this one a little longer. But the fourth problem with an inner vow is simply this, is they backfire. Man, if, there, if there's anything true in any of this, it's this one. They backfire. If you're taking notes here and you're writing number four, backfire, just kind of put beside it. Put beside it. Just kind of right beside it, just put this, is that they carry consequences. They carry consequences. And here's what, you know, watch this. Because when we make an inner vow, for an inner vow to work, we have to produce habit structures to fulfill them. Right? In other words, we begin to create new habits in our lives to somehow build walls around us so those things don't happen. So, the, the you know, we'll kind of lay them down here. But, but when these habit structures, one of them is this, is, is for that to work, we've got to make our hearts really hard. And it doesn't mean that our heart is hard in every area, but it means our heart comes hard in this area. And so basically what happens is, is we shut down our emotions, and when we shut down our emotions, it creates a hard spot in our hearts, basically closing us off to uh, intimacy with God and others. Let me give you two examples here really quick. I, I read a few days ago that there was this man that when he was growing up, every time he basically shared his feelings or his emotions with his mom, his mom would just like ring him out. And so what happened was, is when he would share his emotions, a lot of times, days, weeks, and even years later, she would bring that stuff up and throw it in his face. And so he made an internal vow that said this, that you can never be vulnerable and honest with a woman. 
And so here's this guy, fast forward, he's married, and, uh, and he's having a very hard time having any uh, intimate, heartfelt conversations with his wife. And so this, uh, this basically this marriage just ends up basically just being meaningless because he's unwilling to crack that open. Now, his wife didn't do anything, okay, but his mom did. And so I, I think it's so incredible how we punish people today for people in our past, right? And so, you know, another example is this, is, you know, you know statistically, one out of four boys are sexually abused growing up, and three out of five girls are sexually abused growing up. It's an insane statistic in our nation, okay? If you take, you know, once again, most time when a young lady goes through something like that, she either goes three ways. She'll go full board into just giving herself away to anybody, or she'll turn to the same sex, or she will basically uh, grow up, knows, you know, Basically, she's supposed to be with a man, and, and she'll get married, but she won't ever have sexual intimacy with her husband. And once again, you know, so that becomes a, uh, once again, she made a vow, you can't trust a man. And, and here's what I think is incredible. Here's the thought that kept ringing the past few days, is that if it's that, or let's say a woman had a really bad marriage, and she got divorced, and she remarried, and, and I'll say it like I'm hearing it, God brought her a Boaz, Read Ruth, and you'll, you understand what I'm saying. But, but God brought her a redeemer, some to, someone to restore her. But because of what happened in her first marriage, or maybe even her first two marriages, or first three marriages, this new guy that's there, basically he is being punished for what's been happening in the past because there's been vows that have been made in their heart. You can't trust a man. You can't open your heart up to a man. Amen? So, so watch this. A, another thing that happens with these habit structures is this, is once, once a person produces habit structure in their life, they begin to produce unhealthy fruit in their lives. In other words, their actions, their words, they're just unhealthy. They're, they're, not, they're not right. They're not pure. They're not from God. And what happens is, is, is uh, you know, in those moments, somebody, you know, bumps up against their, uh, you know, their inner vow. Because what happens is, is an inner vow can lay dormant until the right person comes along or the right situation comes along. Somebody nails that thing, and then they immediately respond out of that inner vow. And what happens is, is, is when they respond, it tastes really sweet to them, that fruit, because they're protecting themselves. But for everyone around them, man, that thing is bitter as bitter can be. And so what happens is, is watch this, is, is instantly when that person responds out of that bitterness, uh, it instantly robs the other person that accidentally bumped into that of their peace and their joy and it makes them very unsettled by being around them. Yeah? So, so everybody look at me. That's probably happened to every one of us around here. But we've also probably done it to, every, you know, to people as well. If we're willing to be honest. The next thing is this, is, and I've seen this a lot. When there's people that have an inner vow, they live from a false reality that's built around false expectations. False reality that's built around false expectations. Especially when you take that gal, once again, God brings a Boaz, and then here comes the next guy. Guess what? There's no perfect man other than Jesus. That's the best revelation of today. Okay? But what happens is, is when that man or that woman or that boss or that pastor, that whoever can't meet, you know, once again, those unspoken expectations, what happens is, is that individual with the inner vow lives in this perpetual uh, cycle of disappointment. 
And what happens is, is basically because they don't trust God in that area, so they will never trust anybody else. And, and so ultimately, uh, you know, nobody will ever be good enough to make them feel happy or to make them feel loved. And they're just miserable. It backfires, right? The next thing is this, and I've seen this one a lot in church too, is when there's an inner vow, especially with people that say, I will never be religious or legalistic, they go to the other extreme. You know, so listen, in the church so often, people will go from uh, ultra-holiness or ultra-carnal and say, well, I have grace. Right? So in other words, they go from ditch to ditch. It's no different when the person who didn't grow up well, they go, they either do this. They either uh, will not discipline their children, their children are as wild as can be, or they'll go to the other end and they overcompensate and they discipline them way too much. Right? But what happens is, is when that inner vow is broken, it gets you out of the ditch and helps you get balanced. Right? Am I making any sense, you guys? So listen, the, the next thing is this. When you really wrap all that up, a person that their habit structures that they create, they don't even know it, but the, the habit they have is they begin to live from a position of fear rather than a position of love. And, and what happens is because they live from fear, that, that uh, hinders them from receiving the blessings of God in their life, especially if the blessings are coming in new packages, new people. What happens is, is because, what, because they live from fear, they're now suspicious and they're leery about every new person, every new opportunity that comes their way. Can I get an amen? amen? All right, so before we move on to the last one, you can go ahead and throw it up. But before we move to the next point, uh, I want to elaborate on, on, on a habit structure, and this one is serious. Uh, when, when, what happens is when we create inner vows, uh, they typically come from a position where we pass judgment. And what I mean by that is this, is we pass judgment on another person or, or we basically we condemn or we withhold forgiveness from them. L- listen, church people are great at saying uh, the, the Christian line, oh, I forgave them. But in their heart of hearts, man, that thing's rotten and stinky as can be. Amen? You, you know, I, I can't explain why, but there's been plenty of times that I said, Lord, I forgive them. And later on, he said, you didn't forgive them. Yes, I did. I said you didn't forgive them. And the reason is because in our heart, we're really condemning them. In our heart, we want to withhold that forgiveness for them. And the reason is because we want them to be punished. Right? And so, so anyways, here, here's how a passing judgment backfires in our face. Write this down. It's powerful. We end up becoming just like them. Ouch, right? Don't that stink? Um, I, I know. I know this is a um, this is an extreme example, uh, but but most people around that I've ever met that that sexually abuse someone, it's because they were sexually abused first. So true, and I don't understand it. But but hey, you know, once again, they're angry at that individual, and they turn right around and do the same thing to them. So what to somebody else? But watch this. Uh, let's say this. Let's say that we vow never. To be angry like mom. What happens is we be, tend to be angry, right? Or, or we vow to never treat our children the way we were treated, and we end up doing the same things, unless we go to the extreme and run from it. So watch this. If we vow that we'll never be controlled, what happens? We end up controlling and manipulating everyone else around us so we won't be controlled, right? Or this, or we vow that no one will ever speak to us in that tone again. So what do we do? We become harsh and critical ourselves because I'm going to get you before you get me. 
If we vow to never be hurt again, what happens is we become a bully and we intimidate everyone around us. Because why? Because I'm not going to get hurt. And so you become, watch this, you become the very thing that you hate. So, once again, the list goes on, but, but Luke 6, Jesus said this, and probably said it the best. He said, judge not, and what? You shall not be judged. And if you keep reading, you know, we, we like to say it during offering time. If you give, it'll come back, shake it down, press together, running over, men will give into your bosom, right? But, but what if we take that part and apply it to the things that Jesus just said before that? Then that means that if we judge, guess what? It's coming right back on us. And so I, I even say this, because it's a, a real, real principle. Uh, there's, there's a man of God in our nation that I respect highly uh, and uh, basically lives on the West Coast. And, and he said this. He said, you know, I, I never struggled with pornography. I never struggled with lust. I just, that's just not something that I fought. I haven't, I've never battled that. Then one day another minister basically fell immorally, and he judged him in his heart. And he spent the next few months, guess what he fought with? Every time he looked at a woman, sexual thoughts would come. Every time he, uh, you know, sat on a computer, there was a temptation to go look at pornography. And he was like, God, why in the world am I fighting this? And the Lord finally spoke to him one day. It says, because you judged that other minister. So, so, so we need to be really careful. Amen? So let, let, me give you, let me give you another example that I read this week of, of how a... Vow backfired, and I'm not trying to scare anybody. This is just reality here. But, but, but this I thought this was a really interesting story. Basically, in the story, there was a, a now young woman. She was the oldest of nine children. But she went back, basically, when she was growing up, her, um, you know, every time her mom would get pregnant, her mom would get really sick, and her mom couldn't do any, any of her responsibilities. And so she would turn to this young lady, and she would say, you know, you're the oldest of the children. It is your responsibility to take care of all the other kids. So here she is as a little girl. She's now basically doing all of her mom's duties, taking care of all the babies, uh, you know, doing, doing everything. And so what happened is, is, once again, when you're the oldest of nine children, you're the baby of 14. But when you're the oldest of nine children, uh, you're going to do that quite a bit, right? And so she repeatedly spent months at a time in her life, basically while her mom's laying in bed, she's doing all these things. And after a while, she had resentment in her heart, and she actually just got ticked off at her mom because she felt like her mom was uncaring and insensitive towards her because she kept having babies. Like, don't you care about me? Do not see how it's affecting me. And so she said in her heart, I will never be like my mother. I will never act like her. Now, here's how the thing backfired to her. Fast forward. Uh, here she is. She grows up. She gets married. And uh, her and her husband start trying to have kids. And she can't get pregnant. She's barren. And, and so she went to, you know, the doctor. The doctors basically tested her husband, tested her. And they said, look, we have no medical explanation of your, why you're uh, infertile why you can't have a baby. And, uh, and basically, she began to seek the Lord, and the Lord revealed to her, uh, you know, by the power of the Holy Spirit, that the reason she wasn't able to get pregnant is because she um, made a judgment in her heart, and she had unforgiveness or inner vow in her heart towards her mother. And so what did she do? She repented of that, right, and asked that thing to be broken off her life, and immediately her and her husband got pregnant. Yeah? Once again, there's a weight to all of this, yeah? So, so let me, kind of considering all those things, let, let me give you a verse here. It says this in Proverbs 14, verse 12. It says, it says, you can rationalize it all you want, 
Don't we do that? When we say, I will, yeah, yeah, we rationalize it. You can rationalize it all you want, justify the path of error you have chosen, but you'll find out in the end that you took the road to destruction. If I could put it another way, I'd say this. You'd find out that what you thought was right didn't solve or fix anything. It backfired. Yeah? So we'll throw up one little quote here, but I'll just say this to you guys. The reason it doesn't work is because the Holy Spirit will never partner with things that are birthed out of the flesh. The Holy Spirit will never partner with anything that's birthed out of the flesh. But please don't miss this. But there's someone else who gladly will. It's the devil. Right? And and so that's why the Bible says that there's life and death in the power of the tongue. Right? And it says basically those who love it will eat its fruit, good or bad. It's truth. Yeah? Uh, You know, a lot of people don't, you know, they don't make a big deal out of, well, the words that come out of your mouth. But if you read the things that Jesus said, you could tell that Jesus put a significant emphasis on the words that come out of our mouth. Right? And so part of that is to protect us, but part of that is also to open up the winds of heaven in our life. Amen? Amen? The fifth problem with an inner vow is this, is it creates hostages. It's the last one. It creates hostages. Now, who are the hostages? So simple. We are. Right? And watch this. What's crazy is we become hostages to what? We become hostages to our past, even though when we grow up, our circumstances might have changed drastically. Yes? So, so if, you, if you can almost see an inner vow, almost like an umbilical cord, that's still connecting you with that old issue. And you can't get free from it. All right, watch this. All right, so going back full circle. I told you that 21 years of Christianity, I had never heard of an inner vow, right? I mean, just not something you hear about a lot in church. You know, one day, once again, I sat down, you know, by the swim pool with my buddy Eddie. And, and here's what happened is he began to talk to me, you know, and just... You know, once again, he wasn't aiming anything at me. He was just saying, he was just saying that, you know, here's the deal, right? Um, while he's talking, guess who starts talking? The Holy Spirit, right? And, and so, you know, we finally, after hours, said, man, it's like 1 o'clock in the morning. He had to go to work next day. I went to bed. Jen's snoozing. The kids are snoozing. And I just laid in the bed, and, man, the presence of God was incredible, and what happened is, is, and it's kind of what I'm hoping happens with us today, is even though the Holy Spirit, you know, began to speak to me and show me where I had made inner vows growing up and just in life in general. Some of them were as an adult, some of them were as a kid. Uh, you know, once again, some I was aware of, some I wasn't really aware of. Uh, but I was just amazed by, um, I, I, didn't feel, I didn't feel beat up. I, you know, I, I felt so loved. And so just like, man, here's, here's the tender heart of God that just wants to, to heal me, right? And, um, and so if I can maybe describe, as I, as I laid in bed that night, and, and I just simply, one by one, just repented of the things that I did and asked Jesus to come and break those areas. Once again, it was like the healing power of God just was incredible. Uh, but, but if I could attach a verse to it, here's the one I would attach to it. It's Ezekiel 36, 26. Here's what I felt like happened to me that night. He said, I'll give you a new heart. Put a new spirit in you. I'll remove the stone heart, that's those heart spots, Quentin, in your heart, from your body, and I'll replace it with a heart that's God-willed, not self-willed. In other words, that's, that's where you, I trust him and not where I'm trusting myself. And basically, that's what I'm believing for all of us this morning. Amen? 
So, um, as we close today, I, I, once again, not to just repeat something, but to repeat kind of what we did last week, because it's the easiest way to do this. I want to take a, a second. Rachel's going to come, and she's going to play a chord or two for us. And, and I just want us to make room for the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts. And uh, I believe that, that hopefully, while, while you were going through this, while we were going through this, that the Holy Spirit was already speaking some things to you. But we're just going to ask that if he didn't, maybe just to come and, uh, and show us where those things are at and, uh, and allow him to break them off our lives. And, um, you know, I'll just say this really simple. Uh, when we ask for God's help, um, he always speaks to us because uh, he really cares about us being restored back to him. Amen. So, so I want to show you a verse because obviously when, when, when he shows us those things, there's things we're going to have to repent of. And I want to show you a verse to kind of help you with this. It says this in Leviticus 5.4. It's not on the screen. It's just an extra verse I have. It says, or suppose you make a foolish vow of any kind, whether its purpose is for good or for bad, when you realize its foolishness, you must admit your guilt. In other words, you got to repent. Amen? So... If you can, let's just close our eyes. I'm going to pray, and we'll just trust God. He's alive, right? Amen. So, Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we just ask that um, you said in your word that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And we know that he's not only the spirit of truth, but he also guides us into all truth. And so, Lord, we're just asking you to come in this moment and just to show us where we tried to protect our own hearts, by our own strength, by our own power, by our own ways. And, um, Lord, just those times that we've said, I will, I want, I will never, or I will always. Holy Spirit, we just give you just, just time just to speak to our hearts even now. We open our hearts up wide to hear. also ask that you would show us any habit structures that we've created to fulfill those inner vows. us all in a prayer and I'm just going to ask if if you have an interval or not if you'll just kind of pray this out loud kind of with everyone in the room and uh, we'll just believe that supernaturally God will come do what only he can do amen just keep your eyes closed keep your heart open and say this with me say father I recognize that you are God and I am not therefore I confess to you that I have attempted 
to protect myself and those I love in my own strength. Father, I repent for pushing you out of that part of my life. I repent for not trusting you and for not submitting and for not submitting to your authority in my life. I repent for thinking that I could do a better job than you of keeping me and those I love safe. I repent for trying to rely on my own strength instead of yours. Lord, I ask you to forgive me for making an inner vow. I want to give you just a second, just in your own words, just kind of tell the Lord what uh, just inner vows that you've made. Just repent of those for a second, specifically. this with me. Say, I renounce that vow and break my agreement with it. By the power in the name of Jesus, I thank you now for breaking off every negative consequence of my sin. Thank you for breaking off every negative habit structure I've created I choose to bring every part of my life back under your authority and protection I choose to trust you and your will for my life I ask you again to be Lord over every part of my life Father today I choose to forgive those who hurt me. I'll give you a second if you need to call any kind of help by name just to the Lord. choose to forgive myself for making this vow. God, I thank you for your grace and mercy. Thank you for the blood of your son covering my life, for covering my mind, for covering my heart. I ask you to remove and transform my heart of stone. I ask you for a tender, for a sensitive new heart for you so that I can walk in your ways. Father, I declare today that you are my rock, that you are my shield, that you are my fortress and my defender. Thank you for setting me free today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Keep your eyes closed if you don't mind.
just basically that we don't that we don't limit the power of praying. <laughs> There's power in prayer, yes. There's more power in prayer when we come into agreement with God, and that's what we're doing. So I just want to pray one thing over you, and uh, we'll be done. Father, I just pray for every single one of us, myself included. God, by the authority, God, that you've given me in the kingdom. God, by the authority, God, that you've given all of us in the name of Jesus. Lord, right now, Lord, we just break off. God, every single thing that's been holding us back. God, we break off everything that has caused us to keep going around and around and around for another trip, another time on that merry-go-round. Lord, today we break its power over our lives. God, those words that we've spoken, God, we've, we ask you to forgive, them, uh, forgive us for those words. Lord, we're tired of eating the fruit of those things. God, we've spoken so many words of destruction over our own lives. Lord, we pray today, God, that you would change our language. God, that our words that we say, God, would come in agreement with heaven. God, that our thoughts would come into agreement with heaven. Father, thank you today as children of God. You've given us the mind of Christ. And Lord, we're asking, God, that we would think your thoughts. And Lord, when somebody bumps up into that old area where there's tons of pain, Lord, we're just asking, God, that it wouldn't hurt. God, that that, that scab would quit being peeled off again. But Lord, that there be healing. That there be healing there. That there be true, genuine healing. God, that it wouldn't hurt anymore. Because, Lord, we forgave, and, God, we moved on. God, we moved on. And so, Lord, I'm asking today in the name of Jesus, God, that uh, we know that you heal physically, but, God, you also heal mentally and you heal emotionally. And, Lord, we're asking today by the power of the Holy Spirit that you would send your healing in this room and in our hearts, God, to bring healing, to make us whole, to give us a new start, a new day. God, a new day, a new day that we would live in the newness of life. Father, we thank you for that today. Father, in every lie, God, that we believed, every lie of the enemy, God, that's been attached to those things, Lord, we pray that those things would be broken today. God, you said in your word that they could be, and Lord, we just believe it. God, we're so tired of arguing about the word of God and doubting the word of God and questioning the word of God. Lord, you said it, we believe it, plain and simple. So God, you said we'd be set free, Lord, so God, we choose to be free choose to be free and even now the way the enemy would try to come and lie and say that's fake that's phony nothing happened to you Lord we just bind those lies and Lord we thank you for the truth of God standing up inside of us man yeah Lord so cover our hearts cover our minds Lord today we just thank you that we're free we're free we're free in Jesus name amen Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.